Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing, by having a side hustle, by working less so you can make more money. And today, I'm bringing in an expert that's going to be sharing with us just how to do that, how we can work less but make more, and even only work 90 minutes a day and still make a full-time income. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. What's up, guys? Super pumped to have you here on the Successful Unemployed Show. Now, you know that I have plenty of businesses. I I just love creating more businesses. And what's super cool is because of the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference that you've got to you know hear as I've been creating the, the conference, creating basically a brand new company that have actually decided now to create a second conference on top of that. Now, here's how it actually played out. Now, I know creating a conference, we need a team of people, and I have a great team of people who are part of the conference, you know, everything from managing it to putting it on to promoting it to everything. There's so many different things that we need to do in any business from marketing to sales and all that sort of stuff. And when I thought about, my goodness, I created an entire conference. We had 250 people there, plenty of sponsors. It was a great conference. I made a little bit of money. And in the end, I helped a lot of people to learn how to invest in real estate. But at the same time, I started realizing I started this conference back in October of 2021. And then in March of 2022, I actually put on the conference. And then I thought if I was going to hire people for my business, so this is the reason why I'm talking about this is just helping you to think about as you're building your business and the things that you go through in building pretty big businesses. And right now I'm realizing if I were to hire people for my business. And if you're going to be hiring people for your business, you got to be thinking about these sort of things. You know, your return on investment. The only reason why I hire people for my business is for two things. Number one, they make me money. Obviously, I want them, I want to make money off of their labor. Or the second thing, they make my life easier. They make everything in my life so much better for my business. And so those are the two reasons why I hire people. Now, when I was thinking about creating the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, I really did a lot of it myself. I did a lot of myself. I did have a lot of great people working with me. My um, event manager did an amazing job. Her name's Caitlin. She did a fantastic job managing everything, helping me along the way. And then I thought, you know what? I could hire people to do the things that I've done. But if we just had one conference and I hired people, what are they going to do for the entire year? You know, like if I'm going to have an employee and they're only going to be working, you know, maybe a couple months out of the year to build up and all that sort of stuff and actually do the event, man, why don't I just create more events? That's literally what I started going through in my head because if I'm going to hire people and create these processes and these systems, I could potentially put on more events. So now the next thing that's coming up is I am actually creating a second conference and now the big goal The big idea is now to create four different conferences. So the first one is the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Got the right people who are doing an amazing job in the business, but I figure, man, I can pay them and utilize their talents and skills, everything they developed with me in creating RubeCon, the first conference. 
why don't we create another conference? So I just now am starting another conference. It's the Military Wealth Builders Conference. So not just about real estate. So RubeCon, Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is all about real estate. But I started realizing there are so many more people we can serve. Not everybody wants real estate. You know, I've said that many times here on the Successfully Unemployed show. I love real estate personally, but not everybody does. There are so many ways to get wealthy and become successful unemployed. And on top of that, I realized that there are military service members and veterans that would benefit from knowledge, financial knowledge, so that, you know, as they're going into the military, in while they're in the military, and then when they're getting out, there's so many things that we can do to help them so that they're financially stable in all areas of their life, and especially when they get out of the service. And I have a really good friend who is a military influencer. He's in the military, actually, he just retired, just got out, but he's an influencer. He invests in real estate and also helps people and is a financial expert as well. And I said, hey, let's work together to create another conference where we can help the military, you know, help military in all financial aspects. So it's gonna be the Military Wealth Builders Conference, mwbcon.com. It's not there yet, don't get me going, oh, sorry. It's not there, the website's not ready. I bought the <laughs> domain, so it's gonna be ready to go. But I am now creating a brand new conference. And here's another thing. When you are going to create a conference, now I know you're not going to create a conference, but these are the things you're going to think about, all these expenses and these projected things that, you know, income and expenses, and also your guaranteeing sort of things. So with hotels right now, I'm trying to find another location for next year, for 2023. It'll be in Phoenix and it's going to be at a hotel because hotels are terrific, but they're so expensive. This last year, I had $25,000 guaranteed for food and beverage that I had to pay for, or I had to make sure I paid for. And then on top of that, I had to make sure that I filled up the rooms that they held for me. That was another $120,000. So that's basically $150,000 that I'm guaranteeing that I will pay if nobody shows up. If everything falls flat, I still got to pay $150,000. Now this next conference, obviously we know with inflation, everything's going up. This hotel is saying, we want $75,000 now since we're having two different events, you know, be a, little, a couple more days, three more days. So I could see why they want more, but $75,000 food and beverage guarantee plus 25% that's gratuity or service fee on top of that. So add another 25% on. So it's $100,000, literally $100,000 just for food and beverage that I have to guarantee. I'm going to try to negotiate to get them to come down. But then at the same time, the hotel, I'm going to say the hotel rooms are about $130,000. So I'm literally $230,000 that I have to guarantee if it doesn't happen, I'm going to have to pay that out of my pocket. So God forbid something like the coronavirus happens and shuts everything down. That would be just absolutely horrific. So with that, thinking about hiring employees, I want you to be thinking about when you are building, as you are building your business to start Hiring employees, I personally believe that as I'm bringing on employees, they're going to make my life easier, make me more money. But at the same time, I'm also frugal. So one last tip I'm going to give you before we jump in the show is that if you are frugal like I am, I'm going to encourage you to get past that sooner rather than later. Meaning if you have an employee that you're like, or you have the thought that I want to hire an employee, but you might be thinking, man, but that's taking money out of my pocket, or I could just do it myself well, realize that that much time that you're putting into something you could pay somebody else to do, that is time taken up from you doing something else that's going to either build the business, make it grow, make it bigger, make it better, whatever it might be. And so I suggest 
erring on the side of hiring a little sooner, not a lot sooner, not like like right away, but err on the side of hiring a little bit sooner. If you have money coming in that can afford, you can afford somebody who's going to come in and make you more money, that is when you really need to look at hiring. And so now with the with RubeCon, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, and the Military Wealth Builders Conference, you're literally on the show seeing me create more businesses. And this is exactly why I have the show, to show you all the different ways. I'm going to say all because there's so many ways. But expand your mind beyond what we've been taught. We're all taught. Go to school, get a job. Well, let me back that up. Go to school, get good grades. Then you get good grades. You go to college and you get good grades and you get in thousands and thousands of dollars in a debt. Then you take that piece of paper, that degree that they give you, and you walk around to a bunch of companies and you ask them for a job. That's really what it comes down to. Now, what we do here at Successful Unemployed, we think, yeah, that's probably fine for 75% of the population, but not for us. The rest of us, 25% of the population, we are the ones that are going to be providing these companies, these businesses that are going to employ the rest of the 75% of the population. So don't feel like you're alone. There are so many people out there. You just need to find the right niche, not niche, but like the right group of people, group of other people around you. Let's say a Facebook group, or if you come to RubeCon or the Military Wealth Builders Conference, I'm gonna have two other conferences eventually. One's gonna be on crypto, one's gonna be on finance. And so we'll get there. And hopefully by 2025, we'll have four different conferences. That would be super awesome because we can help so many more people. And so that's the direction we're going. And I want you to have that perspective that you're not alone. Successful Unemployed is here with you. All of the entrepreneurs and the you know, side hustle experts and everybody that comes on the show, we're all you know, rooting for you as well as we're there for you. So today, I'm super pumped to bring on somebody who works very, very little and makes a full-time income, literally like 90 minutes a day and makes a full-time income from that. And you can see that it's nothing special about her or even myself. There's nothing special about us. It's just that we found a way to make this happen. We didn't just settle for a job, that just overbroke job. We didn't settle for that. We kept moving forward and kept trying to increase our ability to make money. So let's jump into today's show where I'm interviewing Diana Miriam, who is a fantastic, well, she even started her own conference. That's another way that she makes money. The less she works, the more money she makes. All right, let's jump into today's show. I love the idea of getting out of working for somebody else because that's the biggest thing that I, the reason why I wanted to quit my job was just working for other people. Obviously, I think we get paid less than we're worth because your boss is only paying you enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money that takes money out of their pocket. And so if you get paid for your worth, they're going to pay you so much more. So you want to get paid for your worth. Now, being self-employed, it's step. And if you think about Robert Kiyosaki, he talks about the cash flow quadrant. You have the employee, you make the least amount of money. Self-employed, you make more money, but you still have, obviously, things tying you down. Then you have the business quadrant, which you personally, Dania, are also in with economy, creating your own conference, which I definitely want to talk about that as well. But then also an investor. And so investor quadrant's great. You're passively making money because your money's working for you. But when you graduate from employee to the sole proprietor or self-employed, you have so much more freedom. You can do so many more things with your life. You can say no to work. If you're like, yeah, I really don't want to do that, you can. So now everybody, so now that you're jumping on, I'm I'm talking with uh, Danny, a good friend of mine. She actually- And just, sorry, just to- 
you can edit this out, edit this out. But um, I, my, my name is really confusing because it has that extra I, but it's just pronounced Diana. So Diana Mary. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's a conversation I literally have every day. And I meant to tell you that earlier, but it just seems like you're always like saying it in the middle of like something else you're talking about. And I haven't had a chance to, to let you know, but yes, (laughs) no worries. It's just, it's just Diana. What's funny is other people have referred to you as Diania. That's what they they say. Oh, you got to talk to Diania. I know it's that extra. I, it just throws people off. So apologies. So Diana, I am super excited to have you share about, and we met at a conference and we're at a conference. We're just talking about, you know, business and being successfully unemployed. Obviously, I think I wear my shirt everywhere I go at any conference because it's just fun. You know, I like, hey, people like me like, oh, what are you wearing that for? Like, what does it mean? I'm like, well, it means I don't have a job. I like figured a way to work for myself or have investments. And so anyways, you and I started hanging out and really chatting about all the stuff you're doing. And I definitely want to talk about how you became uh, basically successfully unemployed. Like you're not necessarily working a J-O-B, that just overbooked job. You're picking what you do. Like you can pick up another uh, podcast that you're going to be hosting, or you could do something else. You could build another business. So talk to us a little bit, um, Diana, about how you provide for yourself and basically without working that dead end J-O-B. Yeah. So currently what I do, I host two different podcasts um, that is actually 1099 work. So I guess technically I'm working for someone else, but I think 1099 work is very different than W2 work because you still have a lot of control over what you do and you're not really um, held to any certain standards on how much time you put into it and, and you know, having to sit at a desk for a certain amount of time, let's say. So the two podcasting jobs, one is a show called Optimal Finance Daily, and this is a narration style podcast. So I'm actually reading blog posts from the most popular personal finance bloggers. And then I'm offering a tiny bit of commentary um, of my own at the end of each episode. So it's every single day, uh, including holidays and weekends for 10 minutes or less. You can listen to me read you an article about personal finance. And I love this show because I think of it as like these bloggers wrote these great songs and I get to perform the covers. So it's very fun for me. I'm essentially a voice actor. um, But I do because I have this uh, interest in personal finance, you know, I'm able to offer some commentary on the articles. And this show has actually been around for five years. It's a very popular show. It gets about 300,000 downloads per week. It's in like the top 1% of all podcasts. So I got really lucky um, in, in getting this opportunity where they were looking for a new host that would add the commentary to each episode. Because previously, they just had a straight voice actor who was reading the articles. And so I've been doing that for over a year now. And then the producers of that show, they have a network of shows. They're called Optimal Living Daily. And so that's actually the name of one of the podcasts, um, Optimal Living Daily. There's Optimal Finance Daily. There's Optimal Relationships Daily. It's it's a network of about six different shows that are this similar narration style daily 10 minutes or less. And so they were looking to add to their network a series of horoscope shows, actually. So now I am, and this is straight voice acting. So it's it's very different. This is kind of my natural speaking voice. This is the voice that I record Optimal Finance Daily. But the horoscope show is kind of a more dreamy, you know, kind of meditative, <laughs> soothing voice. And so that's straight voice acting. That's a series of 12 different shows. So if you look like I'm an Aries, for example. So if you look up Aries Daily 
or Scorpio Daily, uh, you'll you'll find that show and it's like two or three minutes long. Um, and they hired an astrologer that just writes the scripts and I'm straight voice acting. So between those two gigs, each episode of Optimal Finance ta- Daily takes me about 45 minutes because I got to write commentary and then record. And hey, guys, get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. And I'll give you, literally give you my real estate investing course showing you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first, how to scale the business, buy the right properties, making $250 or more every single month in passive income. I'll literally just give it to you. You can get started investing right away. Text the word rental to 33777. Each episode of Optimal Finance Daily takes me about 45 minutes because I got to write commentary and then record. Um, Each day, all 12 episodes of the Horoscope Show takes me about 45 minutes to record in one sitting. So I record it in one shot. I send it to the producers and they break it up, put music behind it, all that kind of stuff. So between that's what? An hour and a half of work each day, every single day. Uh, provides well more than than I need for my expenses. So it's a pretty good gig. It's a pretty good gig. Aside from that, um, I've also been building a business since the summer of 2018 that is not yet profitable, but will be very profitable in 2023. Um, and that is the Economy Conference, which is an event. It's been known as a party about money. It's also known as the TED Talks of the FIRE movement. And you know, no one warned me about launching an events-based business in the middle of a pandemic, but none of us saw that coming. Um, so it has been a wild ride. But I'll say that started out as a passion project that I had no intention of making any money off of, and it will be wildly profitable in 2023. So it just goes to show that you know when you have the bandwidth to be able to pursue the things that you want to pursue because you're in a financial position where you you don't rely so heavily on trading your time for money. Um, it it's it just opens up a lot of opportunities. Yeah, just imagine if you had anybody listening or watching this on YouTube, imagine if you had that 40, 50, 60 extra hours a week to devote to building your business, even your relationships, like your family. Like if you had extra time to do whatever it is that you want to do in your life, that you're not working for somebody else, giving them your life. You're literally changing your trading your life, an hour of your life, 40 plus hours a week for money. And when you think about it, the most expensive commodity that we could ever spend is our time. And so if you are able to figure out a way like Diana did, if you're able to, I was just about to say Diana. So Diana, if you're able to do it like Diana, so running joke that, or it's a joke now that I was pronouncing wrong because it's spelled uh, interestingly. So Diana, with that, if you were to then get paid for your value that you bring, because your boss is, like I said, just paying enough to keep you working without quitting, but not money comes out of their pocket. Instead of that, you're working for yourself. You're working, you have investments. You basically have the time back in your life. You're able to create other businesses. So talk to us about how you got into doing these podcasts. Because you probably weren't always doing podcasting. You always weren't doing voiceover. Talk to us about how you got into it. Well, I will say that, you know, I think that different ways of working have different seasons in your life. So I spent 
all of my 20s up until a year ago, I was a W-2 full-time worker. I built my career in brand extension and licensing, which is a very specific business model that is this multi-billion dollar industry that most people don't know about, which I won't bore you with here. But I will say that that served a very specific purpose in my life, right? I made a very good six-figure income. I was able to... um, you know, I had a lot of flexibility in in certain senses. Um, I was able to negotiate a remote work arrangement with my employer, um, and I moved from New York City to Cincinnati. I was able to negotiate a two-month sabbatical with my employer, and I went to Spain and walked the Camino. So I would say that, you know, I don't want to poo-poo W-2 work because I think that it has really um, set me up to graduate beyond it right? It was a season of my life that served a very specific purpose. And that purpose was to put me in the financial position to be able to embrace self-employment. If I didn't have that, that financial bandwidth and safety net that I built while I had my W-2 work, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. And so when I, when I say that, I mean that I had to look very closely at my finances when I was quitting my W-2 job. And what I had was something called Coast Fi, which means that I had saved enough in my retirement vehicles where I no longer need to save for traditional retirement. So I was fully funding my 401k, I, which is for me at the time was $19,500 a year. I was fully funding my Roth IRA, which is $6,000 a year. And I was fully funding my HSA um, health savings account, which is at $3,500 a year. So around $29,000 a year, I was putting in tax advantaged accounts. And then about forty dollars a year, I was putting in an after-tax brokerage. So I was saving about 60% of my income in, in investments. And then on top of that, I built what I like to call an FU fund, which is two years of living expenses liquid. So by the time I left W-2 work, I had already saved enough for traditional retirement that I don't need to save one more dollar. What I have in my investments now will grow to what I need at 65. I'm 34 now. So I have I am done saving for retirement. I am done saving for my emergency fund and my FU fund, right? I've got a two-year runway of cash. I can take some risks. And so I think that self-employment is a risk. You know, my income this year dropped over a hundred thousand dollars. Yet I saw no change in my lifestyle because I keep my expenses very low. So my expenses are about 25 to 30 grand a year. I know this because I track my money very closely. And so I just need to work a little bit to basically cover that 25 to 30 grand a year. And that offers up a lot of space in my life to not have to work all the time. And so, again, I'm, I'm kind of going into this because I don't I, I think if 10 years ago I would have just said, you know, screw W-2 work, I want to be self-employed, I would not be where I am today. The W-2 leveraging W-2 work as a season of life and using it to its full advantage um, enabled me to be in a really good position now with self-employment. I would 100% agree. In fact, I've heard of people who just up and quit their job. They just don't want to do it, and they up and quit, and they figure it out. That was not me. I didn't want to do that. In fact, I had that W-2 job for, I don't know, 13, 14 years of just constantly working. But I had a wife as well and started having kids, and my wife wouldn't let me just up and quit, which rightly so. Uh, With that, I started buying properties. 
one property after another, mm-hmm. eventually I had 30 plus properties. I was like, man, like even though I'm making $75,000 a year here, I'm losing money. Mm-hmm. I better quit so I can do so many more things. Now, praise the Lord. I'm blessed. And now I literally don't have to work at all. I have so much money coming in that it's literally all my time has created more businesses and created mm-hmm. more opportunities for um, uh, more passive income. And so I agree. Having a W-2 job is fantastic to help you to get to the point where you can be financially independent. But here's a key that you mentioned, but we really need everybody to realize is that your expenses were so low. Most people, like their car their car alone is going to be more like not per month, but you know, let's say they buy a $30,000, $40,000 car, maybe even more, and they have a payment of, let's say, I don't know, $350, $400 a month. I mean, that's that's a lot of money, but you kept your expenses so low, which helped you save all that money. 60% of your income, that's a lot of money to reach to save for future. And I would say that, you know, I think that my, you know, frugality kind of is thrown around as a dirty word. A lot of people think that being frugal is about deprivation, but I think that we have been trained since birth to be consumers. We have been trained to want luxury and to want more. Um, Socrates said that the secret of happiness is not found in chasing more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. And so, you know, minimalism and simplicity are words that are thrown around a lot, but I really do think that it's an incredible skill set to be able to not need a lot of luxury and expensive things. You know, the the things that bring me joy in my life are my relationships and full autonomy over my time, as well as the ability to create what I want to see in the world. I don't own a Tesla, not because I can't afford it, but because I don't want it. And so I think that there is to be able to kind of push back on your consumerist conditioning and recognize that when you're not spending money on stuff, it opens up a world of opportunity in the way that you can use your time. But it is a very, you know, it's a challenging thing because, again, we've been conditioned since birth to be consumers. So to push back on that, I think, is a very intentional process of reprogramming yourself, honestly, to see beyond materialism and see beyond the fun stuff that you can buy and see the opportunity in front of you if you decide not to do that. But if it feels like deprivation, then I would um, suggest that your mindset isn't right. You know, like I, I don't feel deprived at all. I, I bought a very small house in Cincinnati. I think it's 1100 square feet, which I don't know if that's small by most standards, but um, you know, my mortgage is $600 a month. My car I bought for cash, $6,000 cash. I don't need my car as a status symbol. Me having full autonomy over my time is more of a status symbol. That's that's my style. So, you know, no one would ever look at me and think I had money. Um, but I feel like I'm the wealthiest person I know. That's terrific. And there's a couple of things that you said that I w- definitely want to touch on. So frugality, in my opinion, is not a dirty word. In fact, I think the opposite, I want to say opposite, but another word is worse, is being stingy. Stingy is like, you don't, want to help people. You don't want to give people. You don't want like, you're just literally, you're a miser. Like you just want to hold on that money. So that's negative. But frugality, you're basically realizing to be content in whatever you have now and not coveting or wanting something that you don't have. That's not necessary. And then at the same time, frugality for me, and obviously for you, Diana, also at the same time, frugality helps us 
by having the perspective of delayed gratification. It's not that we don't want, let, let's say, let's say we want that Tesla. Well, if we want that Tesla, we don't go out and buy it. Like you and I, we would not just go out and buy it right now if we didn't have the money. We would build a business. We would figure out, a, like, if we're trying to get out of our job, we would do that first before we go out and get a Tesla. Now, for, fast forward for me, I have so many properties. I have so many businesses. Like money comes in because I, for 10 years, literally, I didn't go really on vacation at all. Maybe camping once a year, which doesn't cost a lot. Um, we didn't go out to eat very much. I didn't buy, I literally saved every single penny to put towards a property because I knew with delayed gratification and be content where I was knowing that in the future, if I do not spend that money, I can buy the next property. Any penny that went to something else other than my next property was another minute, 10 minutes, 100 minutes, whatever it might be before I could quit my job. So I realized if I'm content where I'm at now and being frugal, having the idea of delayed gratification where in the future, I will be able to buy that stuff it happened to where 10 years later, I was like, man, I literally don't need to work. Now I can buy whatever I want. So I love that. Now talk to me, Diana, about how you are now developing other businesses. So like being a you know a voice actor is fantastic, but it also gives you the option of creating something like economy, like a conference. I mean, that is just absolutely astounding to think of. I want to do something that most people would never even think to do or have the nerve to do this. So talk to us a little about economy. The economy conference really stemmed from my love of going to events, right? So I discovered the fire movement in, when was this? The fall of 2015 through a blog that many people know, Mr. Money Mustache. I like to describe it as this refreshing punch in the face um, because it just completely changed my life. At the time, I was 28 years old. I was 30 grand in debt for no reason. I was completely financially illiterate. And, you know, I'm living in New York City, just running around swiping that credit card. Just like, just no, no concept of delayed gratification, right? I got out of 30 grand of debt in 11 months and from there started saving 60% of my income. And it was all inspired by Mr. Money Mustache. But when I got out of debt and I, I had this 60% savings rate, you know, I could have put my head down and say, well, how do I get it to 70% or 80%? And a lot of people in the FIRE movement do, right? They they really prioritize. Well, mention what FIRE, because not a lot of people oh, okay, know sure. what FIRE means. Yeah. So FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And it's essentially a lifestyle movement with the goal of financial freedom. So it's how do you reach financial independence where you no longer have to trade your time for money? Now, a lot of people here retire early and they think, oh, that's a bunch of people that don't want to work. But I look at FIRE as it's not about not working. It's about separating your finances from your work. And so I think work is like the spice of life. I mean, I love work. I mean, most of us that are on the path to financial independence or who are pursuing fire, you know, we're very ambitious, hardworking people. It's not like you flip a switch all of a sudden, you reach 25 times your yearly expenses and your investments, and then you just turn off work. I mean, that's not really the goal. It The goal is really to have that full autonomy over your time. And um, I think most people in the fire movement are utilizing W-2 work to get there. I am not financially independent. I actually was six years away at the time that I quit my job. And um, I moved on to self-employment. And, 
you know, the timeline of reaching my fire number has now become irrelevant because my life already looks like I would want it to if I was actually financially independent. So it's, it's been a wild ride, but that, that inspired me to just find this love of money as this incredible resource. And I love talking about money. I love thinking about money. I love thinking about the intersection of money, time, and energy, and the options that it can open up in your life and the ability that you can get to build the life of your dreams and really see yourself at your full potential. And so, you know, at the time that I had the 60% savings rate, I decided not to try to increase it to 70% and reach the, my FI number faster. Instead, I started to ask some bigger questions like, who do I want to spend my time with? What do I want to do with my time? What do I want to create in the world? And I started going to events. And one of the events I started going to was called World Domination Summit, which actually this summer is their last one. They've had a 10-year run. And this event I found out about because Mr. Money Mustache spoke at it. You know, I was such a big fan of his that anything he did, I just wanted to go do, you know. And so I saw that he spoke at it. And the next year I went, I've, I've gone probably three or four times now. And every time I go, I go, I leave that event feeling like my life is so full of possibility. And I am surrounded by people with very strong growth mindsets that are doing incredible things in the world. I mean, the World Domination Summit is all about unconventional living. Money and, and the financial independence movement is up is very unconventional. So that's why Mr. Money Mustache spoke there. But this event is, you know, it attracts people starting charities. It attracts people, incredible athletes telling stories about their athletic feats. Um, you know, it's not just it's not about money. So I wanted to create something that was like the World Domination Summit, but that was very specific to money. And I wanted people to leave the event that I created feeling that their life was so full of possibility if they could just get this money thing right. And I wanted to give them tools to do that, but mostly I wanted to give them inspiration and community. I did it. I mean, it took. I started working on it in the summer of 2018. I had my first event in March of 2020. It took me 20 months to organize my first event because it's a huge production. I mean, it's a $60,000 production that um, I did by myself while I was working full time. And it wasn't because I was trying to build an empire or, you know, make, I had no intentions that it would be a source of income for me. I actually lost 40 grand on my first event. I wanted to create something amazing. That was my motivation. And I wanted to create something that I would be proud of. I wanted to create something that I would want to attend. And just being the person that I am and going to all of these events and seeing how the people that I meet are just like the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Nothing will ever replace meeting someone in person. And as much as we have technology and Zoom, and I understand that the pandemic kind of forced us into a lot of online communication in certain senses, but I don't, I think over the long term, nothing will ever replace getting together in person. And it is extremely difficult to produce an event like the one that I produce. And so not a lot of people are up for that. And so I just felt like I was. And here we are. What, what impressed me was the first time you did it, 
you lost $40,000. You said, I'm not being deterred. I know I can, like, this is a business model. I know I can prove, or I will be able to make it profitable. And then you did it again this year or 2021. It's 2022 now, but you did it in 2021. You made a little bit of money, but not to make up the 40,000. And then the next year, as it continues to grow, people start seeing economy as, like you said, the TED Talks of money it's going to get more and more traction. That's really what happens with conferences. People start hearing about it. Not everybody knows it. Like not 100% of the people, the population know about it. So, but as it keeps getting out more and more people, as you're serving more and more people, they're going to be able to share this. And same with me. When I go to conferences, I love that I connect with people. I communicate, build a community, network with other people because you can't do that. I mean, you can try to other mediums, but literally the people that are there in person, they've invested not just their money, but their time to be there. And they know that the value of being there is so much greater than not being there. With that, you're finding some really uh, phenomenal relationships with these people. So I I love that. Now, with you continuing to grow something like this, is it something that eventually this would take over your, you know, self- you know, self-employment, you know, doing these other podcasts or do you, you like doing them both? Or is it basically you can just pick and choose whatever you want because now you're completely in, financially independent? Well, I'm not financially independent, right? So I've reached Coast Fi, which means that I still need to cover my expenses that 25 to 30 grand a year until traditional retirement, right? I mean, this year, I didn't think I was going to make any money and I was still able to invest about $10,000, which was like blew my mind because that was not something that I'd even think I'd be able to do. So I don't know what my timeline to FI is anymore, because as you know, with self-employment, there's a lot of feast and famine in, you know, in, in your income. And so I have a really good runway to be able to, to navigate that. I think that, you know, as economy becomes profitable, it's one event a year. And, you know, a lot of people So we had about 400 people at our last event this past November and people were saying, oh man, you're going to outgrow this venue. You're going to have to switch to someplace bigger. You're going to have more people. You should do multiple events a year. You should travel to different cities, right? You should build this empire with this thing. And I'm actually like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have one event a year in the same location. My max capacity is 560 people. My goal is to sell that out in one minute not add more capacity and travel around and add more complexity. No, I'm going to make a very healthy six-figure profit from one event a year for 560 people. That's what I'm going to do. And the more I do it, now I've got two under my belt. It's the more I do it, the more I have proof of concept and the easier it gets, right? I mean, I've already pre-sold. So at this last event, I pre-sold for the next event. I've already sold 150 tickets of my 560. I've already got sponsors that want to be repeat sponsors. Every year, it's just going to get continue to get easier and easier for, for this business to be run. And it's going to continue to take less and less of my time. And so that's the way I see economy going. With the podcasting, I don't see that going anywhere. I love doing it. And to answer your earlier question of how I was able to do it, it's because I went to an event, FinCon, right? You've gone to FinCon. So FinCon is a conference for financial media. I had gone because I'm building the economy conference. And so going to FinCon helps me find sponsors and speakers for my event. I went to FinCon. I'm a part of their Facebook group. And just by luck, 
Um, one night I'm scrolling through the fa- on Facebook and I see in the FinCon group, the producers of this show put a call out for a new host and they invited people in the group to apply. So I very aggressively applied for this role. And then everyone I knew in that FinCon group, I asked them to comment on that post and recommend me. And so they were inundated with like people saying, hey, do you know about this woman, Diana? I think she'd be a good fit. And so um, using my network that I met at FinCon, plus just being in the right place at the right time, got me this opportunity. So that's another reason why I love events is because you just never know what things will lead to. I never in a million years would think that I would be a podcaster. Now I do a lot of podcast interviews like I'm doing right now. I think I've done about 60 interviews. So they heard some of that um, and then they had me audition. And so they knew that I would be good with the narration style. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would say going to going to events and producing my own event put me on the map to be able to get that job. And you have proactively done that. Like that's the thing about being having luck or you, basically you need to be in the right place at the right time. Also have the right skills or basically everything has to line up in order for it to work out and you did that. So man Diana, I mean there's so much more we could talk about, but I want people to know how they can find you if they want to go to economy which I definitely strongly suggest and you can even check out their YouTube channel. Diana just literally gives away all of the videos, all the lessons and talks literally gives it away for free. So tell us about how they can find you and how they can reach out to you in economy. Absolutely. So you can go to economyconference.com and economy is spelled with an M E at the end, not an M Y. Cause as you can see with my name, I appreciate misspelled words. And so economyconference.com there, you can sign up for our mailing list. You will be the first to know when tickets go on sale. We're opening up early bird this March. The next event will be March, 2023. So it's quite a bit away, but, um, those tickets are going to sell really fast because it's certainly built up a reputation. So definitely get on the mailing list. I'll also be announcing all the speakers and everything you need to know about the event through my mailing list. You can also look up Economy Conference on YouTube. From the last two events, all of the main stage speeches um, are are there and available for your viewing pleasure. I like to say that, you know, you come to Economy. Yes, it's amazing to see the speeches, but you're really there for the community um, and, and the other people in the audience. So if the only thing you care about are those main stage speeches, don't bother buying a ticket. I will give that to you for free, right? Because that's not the, the main reason to come to the event. And so go ahead and go on YouTube. You can watch all the, the videos there, and then you can listen to me every single day on Optimal Finance Daily, which is the the podcast that I host, um, where again, I, I read articles from personal finance bloggers. And then you can also now listen to me every day reading your horoscope in the morning. So just search for your horoscope. So for example, I'm an Aries. So I would search Aries Daily. You'll see that the show is uh, produced by Optimal Living Daily. So if you're a Scorpio, if you're a Sagittarius, whatever it is, uh, just your sign, the word daily on any podcast platform, and I can serenade you with your horoscope every morning. Love it. Diana, thank you so much for coming on the Successful Unemployed Show. It's been fantastic, and I really appreciate all the help you're helping me with my conference, too. It's just so so uh, eventful, especially we met at a conference, so yeah. <laughs> it's just coming full circle. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you.
Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successful unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successful Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. Yeah.